Woods. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening and wel- welcome to episode 266 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. It's a little bit tired and groggy from a very long but unbelievable weekend. Thanks for joining us this evening as we are going to be recapping slash reviewing a fantastic weekend of racing and stories and many other great things on Belmont Stakes Festival weekend. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Hit the notification bell so you know when new content will arise. And also smash that like button. We'd greatly appreciate it. Our viewership has been awesome uh, really for quite a long time. We had almost five, over 5,000 views for last Thursday night's preview where we gave up plenty of winners and good ideas. We'll be talking about that as we recap our uh, picks. You can follow me on Twitter at H Kravitz and also uh, scrolling at the bottom of the screen, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com is my email. We've got live shows Wednesday night, Bed and Boozin, 9 o'clock. The boys will be talking about a great sequence this weekend. Also, uh, quick uh, NBA finals and also betting the U.S. Open, U.S. Open golf this week. And we have two of our three fantastic uh, hosts and co-hosts on Bed and Boozin, Patrick and Kyle. No golf like a glove. I'm sure they're going to have some great ideas on how you can win some money betting the U.S. Open golf uh, this weekend as well. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Power picks were great once again this week. Look below the video player for information on that. And we've got a website that you might want to check out with some new updated information that uh, Pete Visco has done for us, hhhracingpodcast.com. All right, without further ado, let me bring on, we have three uh, co-hosts joining us tonight. We have someone from Benton Boozen joining us for a very special reason. First of all, from the east coast of Maryland, we got Mr. Pete Visco from Benton and Boozen, who had an incredible time in New York, which he's going to uh, talk about, plus a great score that he tipped out last Wednesday. Mr. Patrick Kunzel, and should we start singing, guys? The birthday boy, the man himself, Mr. Paul Halloran. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Happy birthday, Paul. Happy birthday, Paul. Gonna make this Pete quick. It's Pete. It's past my bedtime at this age, Pete. We gotta I mean, make it quick. I mean, at this point, you you know, this is way past. The, it's basically it's basically Tuesday for you, right? I mean, at this point. Paul, what did you text me? Uh, sixty is the new seventy. I think it's what you texted. Yeah, me, right? oh, sixty is the old seventy, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, everything's good. I'm, I'm feeling great, as, as you said. I was a little, little, little tired. Patrick kept us on the move this weekend. He's much younger than us. He did. Patrick had a great time. We got a lot of people. You can see in the chat for yourself. I'm not going to bring on everyone's uh, um, comments here, but a lot of happy birthdays from Paul, uh, Michael Austin here, Tom Espinoza, uh, Ross Blacker. Um, that is true, Ross. That is absolutely true. We'll talk about that. On uh, Thursday's show, this is this. The show is definitely not about. Well, the show is never about me, but definitely not tonight. But I am going to be uh, at Canterbury live as an analyst next week uh, in front of all of YouTube world and anyone else that watches Canterbury. So I'm very excited about that. Matthew Chamura is here. Um, anyway, we got a lot of people. Really appreciate everyone 
listening and watching. Patrick, I know you got a busy uh, night tonight and just got off of work watching the uh, New York Giants, of course, prepare for their Super Bowl run next year. Uh, for those people who don't know, Patrick has a connection with the New York Giants and does some uh, work for them. Uh, Giants football team, as they'd like to say. Um, Patrick, let's get to you first, and then we're going to let you go. We're going to talk to Patrick here for about uh, you know 10 minutes at the most. Um, Patrick, you had the pleasure of being at uh, Belmont Stakes Festival uh, weekend. Uh, I know it was an experience that you'll probably never forget because uh, for many reasons, one of which is you got, you got a behind the scenes look for the first time, um, you know, how a barn works, Ray handles stable. Uh, I don't want to put any words in your mouth. Let's first talk about the overall experience, who you met for the first time, uh, any stars, people that you uh, have seen on TV for, you know, several years and you got to meet in person or see up close. Yeah, no, I, a lot to count on one hand, um, you know, just seeing like the major trainers, you know, meeting Christoph Clement, seeing Todd Pletcher up close, Bob Baffert up close. Um, it was just incredible. And then, like you said, going behind the scenes, you know, at the barn of Ray Handles um, and just seeing all the horses and how the operations run on a daily basis and how technical everything is. Like I, I never would have thought it was like that. And it was just incredible. And being able to go see the workouts um, was just awesome to see. And, you know, just all the little details of horse racing and seeing the behind the scenes was truly incredible. Well, you, we spent a whole morning at Ray Handel's bar. I mean, it doesn't really matter whether it's Ray Handel, who had two wins, by the way, yesterday, or other trainers. What was your impression? Did anything surprise you? I mean, there's a lot of hustle and bustle. There's horses walking the shed row. There's some babies that are a little bit restless. And, I mean, it's really, it's quite an incredible operation uh, behind the scenes, isn't it? Oh yeah, no, it, it definitely is. I mean, what impressed me the most was, you know, seeing the board of like when the horse is working out and stuff like that and what they've done with the horse and when the horse has to work out. And, you know, if the horse is running that day, just, you know, like the little, the different things, it's just, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. And uh, hats off to uh, Matt Cutera and Adelphi racing who took care of Patrick and myself with, how were those seats, Patrick? Did, did those do for you? Yeah. Uh, maybe a little too far past the finish line, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> no, no, they were great. <laughs> <laughs> no, the whole experience was just was just amazing. And um, Patrick, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, give you a little kudos because the Bed and Boozing guys always do a great job on Wednesday nights. For those of you that haven't watched Bed and Boozing, we got three young guys who are up and comers in this game from a handicapping perspective. You should check them out. Patrick, we got to talk about one particular horse right now that you tipped out. And I'm going to bring it up here on the screen in just a second. And what a great tip out this was. Your best score of the weekend and it was friday in the new york stakes patrick tipped out market segmentation jose ortiz six to one just uh, stole the show there uh, beating warlike goddess who was a heavy favorite and didia an up-and-coming argentine bred um patrick as i show the uh back half of this race what brought you if you can remember to market segmentation to upset the field in the new york on friday yeah, I, I really liked uh, Market Segmentation's last uh, race in the Begay Stakes. Uh, it just was really impressive and actually came from off the pace in that race. And then, you know, just showed tactical speed, and which made me believe that this horse could be on or near the lead in this race. And there was not a lot of speed. And, you know, like we talk about with, you know, the different Chad Brown horses when he's got multiple in the race, I just thought that at the odds of what this horse was going to be and went off at six to one. I'm pretty sure morning line was eight to one. So it got bet down a little bit. Uh, I just really liked the horse and I was a little skeptical on warlike goddess coming in. 
Well, your thoughts when I mean you couldn't have been happier at this point. She got a half in fifty and one. We're about to see a three quarters, I think, in one fifteen and change. The the irony about this entire race, Patrick, is we watched how many? Twenty four races together this weekend. This is the only race, literally the only race that we were not sitting next to each other as I was visiting um with Paul, who was in another room with his buddies, which is a whole other story we'll get to. So I don't know, maybe we should never watch races together again. And oh, we did add some scores later on. But uh your thoughts as I let it roll here from this point through the stretch, you had to be ecstatic at this point. Yeah, you know, they ran 24 and, and change for the first. And then at the half, when I saw it was 50 and two, I, I was getting very comfortable. And, you know, even three quarters was like one, one, one fifteen and one, I think. And it was yeah, it's just on the screen at the top there. Yeah. One fifteen and one. Yeah, exactly. Now, right here. I mean, we're like goddesses way back here. I suppose you thought Diddy was probably your main threat right here. The three. Yeah, no, I did. And it, when we got to, when they got right into the stretch and uh, Jose, you know, shakes up, uh, Mark segmentation a little bit and that burst kicked in. I, I knew I was, I was pretty good. And I was sitting next to Ray handle and he, he kept yep. <laughs> telling me I, I was home. So I was getting, I was definitely happy. Although right about, right about here, I was getting a little bit interesting. And Didier ran a, a blinder as they say in the, in Europe, uh, uh, Patrick, I think this is definitely a horse to watch going forward for sure. Oh yeah. Didier ran huge but not big enough. And the wire got there in time. And here's Warlike Goddess running, by the way, her worst buyer in two and a half years uh, with a 91. So that was quite you know shocking there. But uh, market segmentation pad apparently going to the Diana to face another Chad Brown horse who some people might know. You want to tell everyone who that might be? <laughs> in Italian? <laughs> Supposedly in Italian's going there, Pete and and Paul with market segmentation. So maybe an Italian over market segmentation exacta is in the works. But anyway, Patrick, really appreciate you coming on. Any other final thoughts, anything from the weekend that uh, uh, you scored on or anything just really impressed you about uh, the weekend? The weather ended up being great. There was no air quality issues whatsoever. Um, uh, really, it, was, it was a pretty big crowd on Saturday for sure. Um, anything else just impressed you or anything else you want to say? No, I'd just say, you know, getting to meet Paul for the first time was great. You know, dinners were awesome. And, you know, meeting the Dormans was awesome. And that whole story behind it, I mean, that's just incredible. Um, you know, I know you guys will talk about it more and stuff like that, so I'm not going to elaborate too much. But, yeah, just meeting all different people within the horse racing industry and the races were great. Yeah, no, everything was great. By the way, Jeff Amster once, I, I wouldn't know this. Maybe you got East Coast guys would know that. Apparently the bathrooms are better than they were at Shea Stadium. So I've never been to Shea, but apparently well, Shea, yeah. Shea was a dump, right, guys? The, the yeah. bathroom, the bathrooms in Ukraine are better than they were. <laughs> Patrick, you've been to Shea Stadium, hey. I'm assuming, in your life at some point? I have not. That's actually oh. too old for me. Um, I'm okay. a city field person. Okay, is, well, yeah. much better place. Well, Patrick, I know uh, you're going to be joining – Everyone on the screen, for those of you at home, everyone on the screen, plus uh, Kyle Roscoe, so five of the six uh, HHH Racing uh, podcast crew is going to be at Saratoga in a month and a half for Whitney weekend. Patrick, you thought this weekend was something. Wait till wait till Saratoga, baby. Yeah, Pete, rest up. I got to tell you, just please rest up. Because <laughs> I think I'll be okay. I think I can outlast Paul at this age. I mean, I you know he's. He, I'm surprised. Without can, question, I don't even know if he'll make the Whitney at this point. I mean, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have <laughs> well, to give him. Um, some, I have extra motivation, That's Pete, true. because of a story that I read last night. <laughs> 
we'll do sure. we'll do a couple shots or something right before to pep you up. There we yeah. go. Well, Patrick, we'll let you go, man. I know you had a long day. Appreciate you coming on, and and I just want to say to everyone out there, this weekend was the second time that I was able to meet Patrick in person. He's a terrific guy. Don't want to embarrass you, Patrick, but mature young man. Um, so happy to do, to see you again in person. Look forward to seeing you again uh, at Saratoga, and keep crushing those six to ones, man. That's how yeah. you do it. Great job. I'll try. Thanks for having me on, guys. Have a good right, day, Patrick. Care, Patrick. Patrick. Have a Take great care, night. Bye bye. All right, Patrick Kunzel, guys, uh, did a fantastic job. Really uh, class act. Um, look forward to uh, being with him again. Uh, please watch Ben and Boozen, 9 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays with Kyle Roscoe hosting and, of course, Charlie Freeman as well. Okay, we got to get to this, guys. Next up on the agenda here, let me just show this again. For those of you that have been uh, not watching the local news lately, <laughs> Mr. Paul Halloran, first of all, from, from everyone here at the HHH Raising Podcast, man, happy birthday. We love you. Big, big you. 60. Um, I don't even know where to begin, but I'll, I was trying to think of how I sort of start this. You know, we're all blessed in many ways. Paul, you are blessed for the most important reasons because of family and friends, of course, and the most important things. Um, but there is something pretty important of all of our lives, especially uh, you and I, and that's horse racing. And Paul, if you were your horse racing karma right now, if your horse racing karma was a baseball team, you'd be about 35 games over 500 <laughs> and shutting out every damn team. Let, let's let's talk about this, Pete. First of all, the guy wins the grade one gamble as a rookie, just out of nowhere, boom, in April, right? Then this weekend, uh, he's with the Cody's Wish crew, and Cody's Wish is turned into the best horse in training, without a doubt, is a complete freak, unbelievable. Uh He's on national TV. Of course, we know Paul. He's always hungry for attention. He's very selfish. We all know. Totally just kidding. Uh, Paul's on national TV. Everyone's talking about that, right? And then, Pete, if that's not all enough, and he has a good betting weekend too, by the way, which he'll never talk about because he's, he's too modest to even say it, but I'll say it. And then, Pete, on our show on Thursday, and I've got this uh, – oh, I thought I had it queued up. I guess I don't. Okay. On our show – on Thursday, uh, he tips out Archangelo and Jenna Antonucci, and he went through the whole field like, ah, why not Jenna Antonucci, who's a great New York trainer, not only, Paul, the first female trainer to win the Belmont, but the first female trainer to win the Triple Crown, uh, a Triple Crown event, excuse me, and tips that horse out at 7-1. to one. Paul, man, you are living the dream right now, sir. <laughs> You, you forgot Memorial Day weekend when the two horses my wife and I owned very small pieces of one on the same card at Belmont. <laughs> so that was also good. But yeah, you know what, Howard, we went through it last week. You know, I had reasons to not be impressed by the other horses. But I will tell you, in doing a little research for a column I wrote today, you know, and how Jenna beat the big four of Asterson, Bafford, Cox, and Pletcher. Uh, they have combined – three of them are Hall of Famers, and Brad Cox will be. Uh, they have combined for 16 Eclipse Awards, 28 wins in Triple Crown races, and 21,000 wins overall. And here's Jenna with their 161 career wins and two graded stakes, neither a grade one upsets the apple cart. So, you know, it's it's more more so than a win. You know, everyone's talking about she's the first female, which – you know, appropriately on the 30th anniversary of Julie Crone becoming the first female jockey, 
uh, to win the Belmont and the 50th anniversary of Secretariat owned by trailblazing woman Penny Shenery. Uh So that's important. But mo- I think more than that, it's, it's just a victory for the, the little guy or the little gal, as I put in my column, or even the medium guys. You know, guys like Ray Handel and Tom Morley uh, have to be thrilled about this. You know, they're, they're shoulder to shoulder on the backstretch every morning. And, uh, you know, it's, it's widely thought if, if you give a good trainer the right horse, you're going to get the results. And I always talk about Buff Bradley, my friend Buff Bradley, winning back-to-back Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprints with Groupie Doll. You know, winning, uh, running second in Dubai with Brass Hat. So it, it, that was that was really gratifying to see. And uh, I just think it's it couldn't be any better for the game. She was on live on Fox News this morning. Um, you know, Fox being having the broadcast on Big Fox was great. I don't know how it was technically, Pete. I'm sure you watched it. I haven't watched it yet. But even if it, they were lacking a little technical stuff. Uh, that platform, there's no downside to having it on that platform, and, and NBC as well. Either either of those, but yeah, so good good for Jenna and good for Rayson. No, we, well, we're going to get to the Belmont in detail here in a little bit towards the end of the show. Um, but yeah, Jen, Jenna Antonucci actually retweeted out the Fox interview. She was great, and her emotions. I don't know if anyone has seen the 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 video <laughs> of her watching the race and i had a few people say howard why isn't she watching the track because belmont's huge guys i mean you can't you really can't pick up. someone tweeted how did cody's wish you know how how impressive was uh, in person was that cody wish turn a foot on the far turn i'm like i have no freaking idea it was like half a mile away i mean who the hell knows <laughs> i'm watching it on tv but it sure looked damn good you know it's hard to pick up the horses it's such a big track but anyway um yeah uh fox the only major issue be you didn't watch that fox huh I, I mute it. I don't like to listen to people talk too much. So I, I just watch the races. But everything I if you look at Twitter, which is always so positive and optimistic, it, it's they, they, they didn't have the greatest things to say about the broadcast. But I agree with Paul. Some of that doesn't matter. It, it's more the fact of let's be on a channel where somebody can find it pretty easily, as opposed to, you know, when they put them on some of the side channels that people don't go to as naturally and just having the broader audience. And even I heard Jonathan Kinchin on a podcast last week, and he was talking about just the fact that when they're on FS1, just the, the sort of the money that goes into the sets and the production and all the things and, and everything just looks better on everything in theory should look better on the bigger station. Cause you're working with more money and you're working with more resources and more people too, like more, more behind the scenes folks. So all of that, it, it can't do anything but help. Plus we had great racing for people to watch, which is, you know, when that happens, it, it sort of doubles it up. Well, I think they signed a seven-year deal, Pete. So they're going to be on Big Fox. Yeah. Anyone who thinks that's a negative is crazy. Now, I mean, the they main... have to tighten up their broadcast, get the right people on. But that's, you know, I, I don't think you tune out because of that, because that's where it is. It's not, I mean, you can't watch it. Plus, for the New York races, you can't watch. It's not like you can go to TVG. Obviously, you could watch like on your ADW or wherever, but it's not like you have a true alternative, at least for Belmont. Yeah, the major problem I saw just watching, I don't know if they piped in, I don't know about the, I don't think they brought in fake sound. I, they're, they're, the mics were too hot. That's the, that's the uh, terminology they use in the, in the, in the broadcast, in the broadcasting business. Uh, <laughs> the mics were, were, were too loud. They were too hot. They were trying to, you know, bring everyone into the game and I get it, but you know, it, it was too loud. And it was a little bit hard to hear the call of Durkin and other, but I'm, they had an ancillary second 
channel where it was like more America's Day at the races on a normal weekend. That I'm sure was better. Anyway, I don't really want to talk about the Fox broadcast, but uh, I'm, I'm glad it was on a big a big network. Pete, we we need that coverage. I, yeah. I'm sure it's going to get better for sure. Um, let's ver- we're going to really quickly go through Friday, guys, and then I want to go spend a little more time on Saturday. I'm not going to show Friday. I'm not going to show a lot at all. I just want to just talk briefly. Um, Friday, I selfishly did not do well at all. I'll just readily admit I don't do well when chalks are winning all the time, especially like soft chalks that I don't like, which was sort of the theme of the weekend. It seemed there were some heavy chalks that won, which were expected like on Friday guys in Italian and Siskini who were expected to win. Um, and then there's some soft chalks that also uh, didn't, uh, that one that weren't selfishly good for me, but Paul, I know you had a good day, Pete. I'm not sure about you. Let's talk about if you want to mention anything about Italian Siskini. Great. Also, Warlike Goddess losing. We just saw that, and pretty mischievous winning the Acorn. Any of those four horses you guys want to just touch on quickly? I mean, I you know we I love an Italian. So just from the fact that she's just great. I mean, I don't, you don't have to say a ton. She gets on the lead, and and it's pretty hard to pass her. So hopefully she's in for another huge year, and then we'll see what she can do when the when the Euro. I mean, she got run down by Tuesday in the Breeders' Cup, but Tuesday was awesome, and you know, she still ran her race and she always runs her race. And if you let her go on the lead, most of the time, the horses here in this country are in trouble. Is she getting into the, I'm sorry to say this for people that were fans of this horse. Is she starting to get into the, the Tuppen territory? I mean, she is really good. I mean, she, she's pretty close. I mean, what she, I don't really know what, there's not a ton left, although she, you need that getting the Breeders' Cup win. If she can get that this year, you sort of need that maybe to cement, your legacy, I guess, yeah. for lack of a better word, a little bit more. So, you know, if you if she can go on and have like an undefeated season into the Breeders' Cup or something, that would be fantastic. But Paul, you were, I mean, I know you like that horse too. So, yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, you know, if if she's going to get race flow like she did at Keeneland and and, and Friday, uh, Pegasus isn't going to beat her. Well, nobody you goes know, after they put her. A, I mean, they don't go after her at all. Yeah, I mean, and, and now again, she's only doing what she has to do. But you know, watching that, um, those fractions come up on Friday, it was like you know, this is the race was over, over. like yeah. after a quarter mile. But nah. she is tough. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens if someone pushes her early. But the thing is, if you go out and push her early, you're probably not going to win either. That's true. Oh, yeah, she might yeah, not win, yeah. but you're probably not going to win either. That's true. Uh, Siskini but, continues the dominance of the of the Belmont Gold Cup. I mean, two miles, guys. It's going to win by a Euro, if anyone. And Siskini's a pretty good uh, long-winded Euro over there. So, I mean, um, that that was no fluke. Um, the field Warlike was Goddess, a little. Guys. The field looked a little soft, but th- that was the only thing. I didn't think there was a. Not that that, that not to you know not that it t- takes anything away from the yeah. win. I just didn't love that much. When you looked at it, you're like, man, it's going to be hard to beat this horse. I just don't. I couldn't. You had to make something up. I thought to to beat that horse. Was it half the field was coming from hurdle races, Pete? Is that, I mean, I didn't even. Yeah, that? I mean, yeah. If you threw a couple of hedges up, maybe it would have been a different story. <laughs> but other than that, I'm not really sure. Um, you guys want to touch anything more on the market? We're like goddess. I was completely wrong. I mean, I, don't, I, I thought she could lose. I mean, I, I highly doubted it, but Paul, we talked about it. She was awful. And I don't know if this is the beginning of the end for her in terms of her racing career. Maybe that's overthinking, but we all know guys, when these mirrors start going bad, they can go bad. She's six. Um, she's a bet against me until she 
proves that 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 last race was a fluke. I mean, she never looked like a winner at any point and barely passed horses clunking up at the end, Paul. That was bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I used her. Yeah, we talk about this a lot. I did not like her, but I did use her as an A just in case because, you know, if I had a 20-to-1 C win somewhere down the line, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to get knocked out by her. I, I thought, you, you know, you and I talked about this. You, you thought she was underbet. I, I thought she was overbet. First of all, she started out with the fact it was the wrong distance. She's a straight mile-and-a-half horse. This was a mile-and-a-quarter. So she's up against it to start with. Didn't look like there was going to be all that much pace. And the way it turned out, there was no pace. <laughs> Hence, market segmentation. I, I was all in on Didier. Um, the, the way I'm looking at the PPs, uh, I think with the moonlight would have been very difficult to beat if he had not scratched because – he would have been sitting pretty much right on top of that. Uh, she, 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 she. It's she, your birthday. She, it's your she, birthday. You, oh, get, you, you, you can, you can uh, say all the, the bad gender. But, you want uh, just for yeah, I, I thought, hey, while I got us is, is, look, at 10 for 15 lifetime. I, you know, I, I know I'm getting old and senile, but in that race at that distance with that, uh, with that race flow, uh, she was no odds on in my book. But you know what? She's she's won again. I mean, but she wasn't even like I saw people like, oh, another bad ride from Joelle. Listen, if the horse lost by like a half a length, you can make that argument. She never picked up her feet. I mean, so I don't know what happened. She's won into close in into slow pace before. So anyway, congrats to Market Segmentation and Patrick Kunzel yeah. for tipping out that horse. A great story for them winning a grade one. Unbelievable. Um, last race on Friday, we'll just mention them. We'll get into Saturday races in more particular. Pretty mischievous. Uh, clearly the three-year-old Philly uh, champion as of right now, the Oaks winner. I'll tell you what, Darth Vader ran a blinder on the inside. And I mentioned to, I don't know if I mentioned it was to Paul. I think I mentioned to Kyle Roscoe off air or during his show. George Weaver took over the train this horse and was purposely working Darth Vader behind horses. And they were trying to teach this horse to rate. And I told Kyle that this is an A for me. Um, and a very interesting horse as a long shot. And that was one of the opinions that was very good for me as I had the exacta uh, on, on that on Friday. Uh, but pretty mischievous wins again, but again, not overly impressive. And Pete, these horses like Silla, who's a really talented three-year-old for Cox, Philly. I just think at the end of the year, someone that we haven't heard of or someone who's not established is going to be, you know, sort of uh, the three-year-old Philly to talk about because this crop still, doesn't impress me. Yeah, that's. I guess that's the expectation, but we, we just can't take away what she's done so far. I mean, she threw oh. in one little, well, we're going to call it a clunker because she should have got the lead and then South Lawn overtook her pretty easily. So it looked like, ah, she's overrated. She's not that good. You know, it was a pretty crappy buyer. But really, that's the only thing she's done that, that, that hasn't been fantastic. Everything else she's done has been great. It just hasn't been stupendous it's been better than everyone else in the class so but again it's a weaker class but if you're the three-year-old philly champion because you're the best in a weak class it doesn't mean you get a lesser a smaller eclipse award or anything you still get the <laughs> still the same size so I'll t- i think they I'll should make it, it small that's interesting i idea. mean that would be funny yeah that would be she's pretty tough she's the godolphin boys are uh wow well, you know, it's interesting about that. I, I spoke to Michael Banahan after that race. And, you know, remember, they still have wet paint. And, you know, while wet paint didn't run great in the Oaks 
um, you know, wasn't the greatest race flow. And she's coming back this weekend. This week, right? And oh, yeah, yeah. This weekend. But they don't be surprised if Pretty Mischievous gets cut back even further. They're talking about they believe that she's fast enough and tactical enough to be cut back. And, and if you want to keep her apart from wet paint uh, at Saratoga, then that would be the way to go. But the other thing about that race, she lost Pete, and we've seen it now in the two races she wins. She gets to the lead and waits on horses, even with the Blinkers. The Blinkers have helped yeah. that. She did it in the Oaks. You know, it looked like Gamble Girl. Gamble Girl wasn't going to catch her if, if she took off again. And in this race on um, Friday, um, Darth Vader was not catching her, but it appears, you know, she does wait on horses, which means – you know, she might be more effective, you know, making that move in a seven furlong furlong race, like the test, for example, uh, where she just kind of makes the one move and, you know, takes the lead shortly before the wire and it's over. But they, um, I believe, based on what Michael told me, that they are thinking seriously about perhaps cutting her back even further than the mile and a 16th of the uh, acorn. Well, in all honesty, if you're thinking like Breeders' Cup, She's not beating Clarier or Search Results or any of those horses. So if you're thinking Breeders' Cup, maybe that's the way to go. Maybe you go back to the you know the Philly and Mare Sprint because yeah, yeah I just don't, I don't see her winning. She'd have to really keep improving to to beat that quality. The, the quality. But I'll tell you, Tyler Gaffleone, he really rides her well. He is he is really on a roll with her. You know, the, those last two rides were, were very good. Well, and Hernandez was on in the loss too, which was funny. So it wasn't, it wasn't Gaff Leone in the loss. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but. Yeah, she's tough. She's yeah. tough. Yeah. Guys, let's get on to uh, Saturday and we'll show a few quick replays again. We're not going to be going more than an hour uh, tonight. And I just really, some of these races we'll touch on very briefly. Others will talk slightly longer. You're going to see stuff come out on the screen guys any thoughts real quick on the true north elite power is just the best sprinter in the country right now by far anarchist for o'neill california ran a big race strobe pretty disappointing third at least in my opinion just didn't really couldn't compete against elite power who's going to be pointing to the major races guys at saratoga the summer the sprint races yeah elite power is awesome i mean we meet Paul yeah, and I have I been would, riding that. We've been riding that one for for a while now, huh, Paul? Yeah, I wouldn't get too down on Strobe, Howard. I think she. Okay. I think he ran okay. I mean, he lost to the best sprinter in the country. You know, um, I, I think you know he may not be a, a, a top grade one horse, but that that horse is going to win a stakes uh, sooner okay. rather than later. Did regress to a ninety-one. I got a feeling six and a half is a little bit long for this horse. I could be. Him, yep. I think it should keep him at six. Yep. That could be. Yep. Picky. But elite power is just really consistent and very good. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know if you guys hit this exact. I didn't. I, the thing that pissed me off the most is how do you not play anarchist something? If you're looking for a little bit of a price, the horse is five for nine in second going into, you know, with second place yeah. finishes and then just does it again. Sometimes horses just have a knack for finishing second for whatever reason. And yeah. you're getting this one at 12 in a race that looked to be relatively not bettable in, in too many ways, unless you were, wanted to crush the elite power strobe exactly which was paying nothing so yeah um you look i was so pissed after i tipped out four five three on the show so i had the top three but i just didn't see anarchist beating strobe but uh yeah he ran well and strobe didn't run very well really regressed there um yeah yeah. so not not too much to say there about the about that race that was 
uh, extremely impressive. Um, the poker guys, uh, big upset here, big upset. And uh, my thought here was, was I had the right idea, guys. I We talked about Philo Darion on the show. That was my uh, price play that I tipped out on the tip sheet. And he ran huge, and he took them a long way. Shea Pierre, I don't, I'm not a bounce guy, but boy, if you if you are a bounce guy, this would be the this would be the the poster boy for bounce races because Shea Pierre had no excuses. Although Paul, we were watching this together. I think you have a little bit of a pet peeve with the ride uh, into a slow pace. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. She, she, I think he ran not, not, not well. Um, but it did look like he wanted to go early. And, you know, I, sometimes I think if a horse is that determined to go, let him go and see what happens. Now, could have got hooked up with the seven, and maybe Emmanuel would have won anyway. Maybe Anaconda, who I liked, could have made the one run. But, you know, he got beat on, uh, he got beat on the square. Uh, no real excuse. Looked like once he got between horses deep in the stretch, kind of shied away a little, just did not move forward from the, the 16th pole home. And, um, you know, those who were against him, uh, I feel badly for Patrick. Patrick needed him to complete the pick five. But uh, yeah. those who were against, uh, you know, there's no – I mean, some ran well, as you said, Howard. But, you know, at, at one to two, you're supposed to win this race if you're the one, right? Yeah, Pete, I played a pretty two big exact uh, 7-1 – or excuse me, 1-7 as we talked about in the show. I thought right here – I mean, they were clunking up, so I, I wasn't sure. But, I mean, you've got a 1-7 exacta. you got to feel pretty good at this point. Shea Pierce got overrun by Emmanuel, who I've not been a big fan of recently. Maybe the turn back did really well for Emmanuel. I got a feeling we're going to see him in the Breeders' Cup mile. I'm no. not saying he's going to win that race, but I think the turn back – was big for Emmanuel. It's funny. My, I, I read my notes after and I didn't have Emmanuel and I was reading my notes and I'm like, everything in my notes were right. I just didn't use the, I didn't use the analysis correctly because I was looking at it going, this horse is just better going eight and a half and down. So if you look at every race that he's had, that's eight and a half and down, they were just a lot better than when he goes longer. And then he's better at grade three. He loses He loses when he's in the grade ones. He doesn't run well at all at the grade three level. Then you look at the last one, you go, well, he lost at a grade three, but it was a mile and an eighth. So you figure the distance is what got him, not the company. So when I looked at that, I go, man, I, I had everything right. I just didn't pick the horse like an idiot. So that 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 one actually yeah. bugged me that I didn't I think we'll see. Them. I think we'll see shape here like four-star Dave, and I will be – if that horse like drifts to like five to two or three to one, I'll be all over that horse. Again, this is a yin yang game. I'm not saying they don't fire back all the time, but shape here was too impressive. At Keen. That, that couldn't have been just a fluke. I mean, this is a, he's run some big races before, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see maybe a more aggressive ride. Maybe just take that horse to the top, right. In the correct situation. And by the way, Casa Creed is point of the uh, four-star Dave as well. So Saratoga as usual is going to be absolutely unbelievable. Uh, the so poker- Howard, let me let me say this about the poker. If there are any Euro trainers out there, they will not be shying away from buying a plane ticket to send their horse over no. to run against those horses. <laughs> uh, our just again, our, our other than other than um, up to the mark, our our turf horses are just sorry, they're just not. And, and excuse me, and an Italian. Uh, other than those two, the, our turf horse just really aren't anything special. Uh, tip of the cap to Pete Visco, who next up is next winning uh the brooklyn pete great call you have the source got up boy i hope you 
went to the bank on this one, Pete. You nope. liked him? Nope. Okay, well, it was Sunday. Another screw-up. My, my, my Saturday was, <laughs> was good handicapping, bad wagering. So I, all right, you well, know, we've all been there before for sure. I had this, uh, anyway, this you, trifecta you, cold picked, by the way. I had it cold and didn't hit the triple, didn't have the winner. I, had, I, had a, I wound up. The only thing I hit was a nice double between next and Clarier. That was the well, only thing. Like great idiot. handicapping. I'm sure some people at home. If you scored on on uh, with Pete's picks here with next uh, and calibrate and red. I Ryan. had the top three on the yeah on there, you and uh, no, so hopefully somebody followed that. Kyle, right. Kyle was along. You and Kyle had a, quite the betting day, at least uh, through our through our or a handicapping day, at least at the at the least through our text chain. But very briefly, um, next went to lead, like you said. I was shocked that. Bright future didn't show speed. I don't know. I mean, he was awful, obviously, in this race. So, and he was the he was the second choice. Next was the third choice. I thought when Bright Future didn't go out there, Pete, I knew I was in trouble personally. Although Red Run, who Paul and I loved, got a dream trip. And Paul, I'm just going to show the very end. Um, well, I'll let you talk about next, but you you guys can talk through the end of this replay. Red Run was a good spy. Just when they quickened, Paul. Um, he just couldn't go with them. I, he needed more pace in front that he never got. In Calibrate, a horse I talked about, you know, for Jamie Ness and Ruben Silvera, ran a huge race. Um, I, I regret that I didn't put that horse, guys, underneath in my back wheel, you know, a reverse key try because I had a feeling that horse would run. Instead, I did stuff with Red Run. Um, and I didn't have the try because I didn't have Next on top, so I screwed that up. But as we show the replay here, just the stretch run, Pete, I'm assuming you felt really good really all along, and you probably, there was never a doubt in your mind. No one really mm-hmm. challenged. Um, I, when Warren came up to him, I mean, I was not a fan of Warren's, and he just brushed away Warren, who's a decent horse, although I was against him in this race. Yeah, but, I mean, he, he's good enough to win if he gets that kind of trip, and he just next. The thing I liked about next, and we talked about on the show, was, and I think it maybe what pushed his price up a little bit was – his last race wasn't that great, but if you look at his PPs, he doesn't run well first off the layoff. He runs well yeah, he second off, and he did exactly that. I mean, he yeah, he put he brushed Warren away, and nobody. I mean, look at how he opens up, which is pretty strong. I mean, the fractions were advantageous for sure. He yeah. had his own way most of the time, but hey, that's that's what you have to do. And still, you're still going a mile and a half. You're still getting chased by a bunch of good horses. So he he was really impressive, and I, I really like that horse. Yeah, he's fun. These long, he's a fun horse. I don't know where they go next. I mean, they're going to stick to these. Yeah, they, they just run against race. each you know, other. Breeders Cup <laughs> Classic threat or anything, but no. you know he'll, he'll he'll make some money for some people. And I think Red Run Paul will continue to improve. Just the the pace and setup for him at all. I mean, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. I, I don't think there's much else to talk about there, um, guys. This next race to me, other than the Belmont. Uh, and and Cody's wish. You could make the argument that this next race was the race of the weekend from an excitement standpoint. Um, this was a, a big race for me that that didn't work out because I really liked search results. We talked about it many times. Uh, Pete, your girl Clarier is such a warrior, man. Just unbelievable. Love her. Love her. And search results really had no excuses. The fractions were slower. Uh, this would have been a big score for me in those two day doubles. In a, in a win bet and a, just a, a few other things uh, selfishly. But, you know, uh, as we watch the replay here, uh, first of all, <laughs> this, the Raylu on the, on the 42 to one shot guys, this talk about, talk about the underlay, excuse me. Yeah. The underlay of the weekend, this three, 
should be literally 500 to one. The fact, I don't know who, who bet this horse down. to like 42 to one is absolutely insane. Right. Anyway, like a good name that people would you know, identify with. I don't really I, know I, what you would. Yeah. I mean, he, I, I, I don't know if Steve paid, and I'm not saying this in any nefarious way, but paid Rayleigh to do this because like to set up for Clarier. But I mean, I don't, I guess if you're on a bomb, you might as well do it. I like what um, Ray Lou did. I mean, this is this is your only shot. Give it what the hell? You're in I the guess, race. I, Let's give I it a guess. shot. What are you gonna do? What? Sit in fifth and and <laughs> and run. I mean, you're not close. You're not out closing some of these horses. So you figure, hey, what the heck? Let me get on the top and see what happens. <laughs> Paul, right here, I was I, I was I was relatively quiet all weekend. I'm not a big yeller screamer when I watch races, to be honest. But right here, I literally yelled at the screen. Uh, to Flavian, who was on search, I think it was Flavian on search results. I said, get to the outside, because I didn't want him to be stuck in behind the three, right? And sure enough, he did exactly that, and he followed play hard. Play hard went a little bit wide. The fractions were slow. Pete, I should really talk to you. What were your thoughts at this point? I mean, Clarier was not nearly as far back as normal, but it was a slow pace, and she was a bit in between. I'm guessing you're just very confident even still right here, I would assume. Well, you're always worried when Joel's on your horse that, that something might go wrong. But well, here, because you're looking at it going, they're, they're getting away hard. a little bit from they're her, getting away. Bit. And that's what I thought. And I know searches. And this is another one where in my in my picks, I had the, the top three cold. So I was like, hey, I like these are the second and third horses that I that I liked and Clarier. But then right there, if you could see it, she she gets the open room. And that's what you want. You just want her in the clear. And once she gets that, she's she's can run down almost anybody. I don't think this was talked enough enough, uh, enough Paul. But this is search. This is um, secret oath right here. Sacred, um, if she ran her race and kept Clarier from coming out and like was on her hip the whole time, Paul, I'm not sure Clarier gets there. I'm not saying Clarier didn't run a great race. I'm just simply saying that if secret oath had not run a big race along with Clary air Paul and like sort of stayed on her hip, I'm not sure Clary would be able to get to the outside and run her down. So she was a very deserving winner. Clary air is just awesome. I mean, she's just better than search results just by a little bit, but she definitely is better, but secret oath not running right. This spot I thought did help a little bit with Clary air. Yeah, I, I, I actually try to get clever and try to get played hard to run second, uh, which I almost did, uh, but I didn't because uh, here comes Clarier. Uh, but Man, I did not. I did not like Secret Oath even a little yep. tiny bit. In you know, I was race. thinking of you, Paul, in that race because you called it. I yep. thought Secret Oath would make an early would would at least get in contention and then not then fade. Yeah. But you were right. You called it where She's she didn't even get into little, contention. Over raced and she makes she she. She makes these explosive bursts on turns, and it's a big sweeping turn at yeah. Belmont, which has been well documented. Um, you know, just look how played hard ran there. Not bad, but not great. You know, couldn't couldn't beat played hard last time. Um, hey, look, she's earned two and a half million dollars. I'd love to own her. I'm not stupid. She's an arrogate, and God love uh, the coach Wayne Lucas for running his horse. But that horse was in that field. With with horses like Clarier and search results, that horse was was really up against it, in my opinion. You know, I didn't. You know, my opinion got me zero dinero, so I'm no genius. But uh, you know, I'll tell you, watching Clarier is really fun, and, and and you know, you watch the way she runs. You know, female and it's root, not sprint or middle distance, but 
she does remind you a little bit of our guy Cody's wish and that, you know, you, you might think that she's out of it, but as you said, Pete, once she's in the clear, you, you better have your running shoes on. Yeah. She makes yeah. up ground. Uh, pick five, Brian, no excuse for search results. Listen, I, I feel validated in my love for search results. She ran great. She just got beat by a better horse. I mean, it's plain and simple. I've got. Hey, Howard, I've been there. I had her beaten by Malathat two or three times. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, she just got beat. <laughs> she by just needs to horse. keep running until they all retire, and then she can <laughs> then she can take over. Uh, guys, we're going to move along a little bit here. Arabian Line, I'm not going to show the replay. Got a perfect trip. He's getting really good. Guys, I think at the end of the year, we're going to say Arabian Line is better than National Treasure. I just think he's more talented than National Treasure, and not because of what happened to National Treasure Saturday, which I fully expected anyway. He got a perfect trip, but he ran a huge race, guys. And I think they might stretch him out again. I know Baffert said they, you know, they weren't thinking about, you know, long term, but he's getting too good. I think he might be like one of, one of those Haskell horses, guys. I really do. I agree. I, I would yeah. go the, I'd I'd go go the other way. The old man we kept way. him up, Pete. I, I know. Look at him. Already. Uh, he's done. I mean, I, done. Uh, I'd, I'd go the other way. I just, he could be, a, I think he could be a great sprinter. I think he could just be a great, a, a very good distance horse but he uh, he's not okay. winning the classic that's the thing like he could win the mile yeah. though if you if you're okay winning the breeders cup mile then then great yeah. i just I, I just i don't they might go to the to the to the uh h allen jerkins but it wouldn't surprise me if they go to the jim danny and see what he can do again i just yeah no i, I don't know that, that, that i don't think they're gonna logical. give up on long yeah no that race. sounds logical yeah for sure no howard you i think you hit the nail on the head the haskell is the perfect solution it's more geared yeah. to speed. Baffert wins it all the time. Um, yeah. I, I think that was – I would I would bet that's with this horse. I actually love this horse in this race, and I hate it when I love a Baffert, but, you know, you got to you, you gotta do what you have to do. And uh, I, I really liked uh, Arabian Night uh, in this uh, spot. Um, would have been good, Howard, if your guy got up for second – Gilmore. Yeah. Um, Gilmore ran a night. Gilmore. Little, little Gilmore. closer Gilmore. than I expected. A little closer. What'd you think? A little closer. Gilmore. Yeah. Oh, Gilmore. sorry guys. I'm just trying to move things along here. Um, no, that's all right. No, Gilmore. Well, I, 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 let me take this off the screen. I'm confusing people here. Um, I tweeted it out and it, it hurt the power picks because we put these power picks out, uh, you know, 24 hours in advance. Um, uh, the re- New York Central is that the name of the rail horse, Pete? That scratched yeah, New, New York. York yeah. New York something, yeah. yeah. New York Thunder. Thunder. New York Thunder, Thunder yeah, scratched yeah. the sixth horse, who was a fast horse, scratched Fort the Bragg, eight. Fort scratched. Bragg, the eight. Yeah, there both were, of those. Hurt. There were three scratches. Two of them were big time speeds, and it didn't it didn't set up for Gilmore. And I put it out there. I said even the seventh thing who went to the lead and actually ran a decent race, a uh, federal case or something up, uh, but not Good. just didn't set up. I thought Gilmore ran. Listen, I hit the try. He finished third, uh, but yeah, I, I did too. I, you know, and he ran well, but th- with that pace and error, there's just no way that Gilmore was going to win. I still think he's looked fascinating in a race where there's a lot of speed, and he's getting better. So he justified my opinion. But when you got big scratches like that, you know, uh, that that changes the race. We well, got to take that into consideration. I think sometimes we don't. We forget that you. Yeah, no, you, no you don't look at it. you don't look at how scratches change the complexion of the race. Sometimes no. I know I'm guilty of that. Um. Joel on Big Invasion, who was right here, Paul. We were big fans of the source. He was bet down a little bit, um, and I thought he ran fantastic. I, I can't wait to look at the fractions, which I actually haven't looked at yet. But, man, Caravel again. We talked about this. Guys, we talked about this Thursday, and I said, you know, everyone's trying to beat Caravel. I just don't think there's a ton of really speed. 
she's just too good right now. It's just that simple. As we watch the stretch run, either one of you can comment. She is a tough cookie. Yeah. I always try and beat her. I'm done with that. This race cost me a ton. Not This race cost me in all kind of bets because I had the second, third, and fourth place horses in a bunch of stuff, and, and she's just too good. Yeah, yeah, and got the trip, and 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 Joel didn't. I don't think he did big invasion any any. Uh, I don't. I don't think he did him any any good in this one. I thought oh, he I had thought him actually just a, wrote him pretty well, Pete. I better thought he was a little too time, far. Pete. Yeah, no, definitely better than the last time. Yeah, I I just think like you yeah. said with the there wasn't a ton of speed, so you, you had to sort of get into contention. I thought a well, little he's bit a closer, earlier. Though it's like you can't. I don't think you want to take him out of his game. I mean, I no, but saying. he didn't need know. to be in thirteenth. Maybe he could have been in. You know, nine, uh, how, about, oh, everyone see this? how about a, a, 11 coming the final eighth and 11 and two? I mean, that is absolutely uh, flying. Actually, as I look at this, what? Yes. And yes, actually came home faster, but whatever. Coming home in 11 and two. I mean, um, so the horse, I thought big invasion, frankly, ran about as well as he can run. I just just Caravelle was just too good and just wasn't quite uh, enough pace. But again, hats off to uh, that horse. Uh, the big boy, here we go. Um, and we're, we're not going to talk about the Manhattan too much guys. I want to focus on Cody's wish in the Belmont one. Well, actually, you know, let's just do this real quick. The Manhattan, there's not much to say guys up to the mark is the best American turf horse in training. Um, I talked about soldier rising, thought he's a bit interesting. He was no threat to win. Did run a good second to, to, uh, mix up your tries. Clearly guys, uh, these, this Ottoman fleet and the other one are not, are not uh, Applebee's best. And um, I expect him to come, come Breeders Cup time, guys. He's going to come, or even these three-year-old races at Saratoga, guys. I think Applebee's going to send some some better horses from his. Uh, Applebee's not. I, I had put a stat in our stats of the day on the power picks. Applebee hasn't been as successful at Belmont for whatever reason. So yeah, that was one thing. If you were looking to try and fade those two and come up with another horse underneath <sighs> up to the mark, that was. That might have been. I didn't do it. I had. I needed up to. I needed up. Uh, Ottoman Fleet to have second to hit the try, cold or not cold. But I had the. I had Soldier whatever Soldier Rising in third. So yeah. I don't know. Did I show Jim's happy birthday message? Jim Pilar's had a longer. Uh, here we go. <laughs> Jim Pilar's unexpected help tonight, but glad I made it in time to probably wish my official old friend Paul a happy birthday. The countdown to that first Social Security check <laughs> can now begin. Uh, Jim, thanks for the. Uh, for the nice comments, Jim's. Uh, by the uh, way, Jim is right on my tail, Howard. He's gaining on me. <laughs> I'm only, uh, I'm only about a, a neck in front of him. Don't worry about Jim. He's, he's going to be right in the same starting gate in about two weeks. Uh, Paul, I think it would be most appropriate. Obviously, Pete. Well, we're going to take a step back for the next few minutes and let Paul just expound on the virtues of the best horse in training right now. I think Oof. most people agree. Cody's wish. Just the story keeps getting better and better. He was bottled up a little bit. It was a great call by Durkin who mentioned that. And it was such a, you know, Cody's wish made such a quick run to the front that Durkin was a little late in picking up uh, Cody's wish. Paul, I'm just going to show about the half mile pole uh, going forward here as Cody's yeah, wish wins the Met Mile yeah. just in his press of a fashion can be over. Maybe not the most stellar group, but it was a relatively deep group. And you can see right here, the hold, so, and then once he got to the outside. Yeah, Junior has to pull back right there, Howard. He was going to try to go through, and he had to pull back. So he's eighth right now. You know, he is eighth after uh, 
a half mile of this race. Paul, I swear on on my parents' graves that at this point, Ray Handel was two inches in front of me. We were watching it together. I said, this race is over. I said, once he got, once he gets to the outside, I'm telling you, I said, watch this. I said, I said, Ray, watch this show. <laughs> That's about to begin. And it's not really any kind of great handicapping opinion because we knew he was the best horse, but you know, once he got on the outside, Paul, Oh my goodness. Take it home. It's Paul. just the amount of ground he covers. Again, he's eighth after six furlongs and after, uh, uh, eighth after four furlongs, first after six furlongs. So, you know, this was not like this long, pronounced move. This is – he is on top at the top of the stretch. It was really uh, – it, it was something, you know. And, look, it, you could say it wasn't the greatest field. We talked about it on the show, and, and I went through all of them. And, you know, they all had question marks, but they all had races who potentially could beat them. You know, Dr. Scheivel had speed. We don't go through it again. Tragic had the, the the huge buyer in the in the Dwyer. Zandon is a is a hard knocker. Repo rocks. Who knows what's going on with him? It just didn't. And the rail. And you you pointed out, Howard, that was very astute. You know, um, he needed to get him outside. Um, you did very good. And uh, you know, I talked to Junior after the race, and he said, you know, I, I yeah, I was trying to really not let them know when I was going to make my move outside. He said, you know, look, I know riders are looking at me down on the inside and you know, let's face it. It's race riding. You've got a, you've got a three to five shot on the inside. If you can keep them there, you're going to keep them there. But junior did a good job pulling them back at that juncture. You put it on Howard. And, uh, you know, once he got loose, uh, he's, he is, he's on his game right now. Uh, it, it, it's a great story, but it's, it's a, it's a great story because he is really, really a special horse. And he did try to bite me. I went to the barn to see him Friday. I just do want to report that, that I did my first stop upon getting to Belmont was the backstretch. And I did go to visit him and, uh, I didn't bring any mints. Apparently he wasn't that happy about that, but he was, he was frisky and, uh, you know, when I talked to Michael Banhan after the race, uh, not, uh, pardon me on Friday, they said, uh, you know, he was just so much fitter than he was going into the Churchill race off the six-month layoff. And I'm like, geez, he ran pretty damn good in the Churchill race. So uh, he's tough. And, you know, I've been pushing for this. And it makes sense if you think about it. Mott has elite power. It makes sense to not run those two against each other. Uh as Banahan points out, there's really no big race at seven furlongs or a mile on dirt for Cody's wish between now and the forego. So what do you do? You say, maybe he can get another eight in the Whitney. Uh, it'd be a two month layoff, which is about perfect. And, you know, D David Grenning of the DRF had a story up uh, last night uh, with Mott saying pretty much not committed, but, he said it would make sense to think like that. And, boy, I think it makes a lot of sense, Howard. I would love to see him run in that race for very, very selfish reasons. Well, so I, I do believe, I believe at this point, everything stays healthy, God willing. I think we're going to see him in the Whitney. And that uh, would be just great. Did Michael Bonhan or Kelly Dorman at any time during that race, who you were literally feet away from, at any time during that race, did you feel like they were concerned that Cody wasn't going to win? 
I was standing next to Kelly, uh, you know, not because I wanted to get on national TV, just because I felt like that was a good place to stand. Sure, uh, sure. And uh, Danny Mulvihill was to his right. Danny is the guy who brought the five-month-old Cody's Wish out of the stall the very first time. Uh, Michael and Dan, Pry- Michael Bannon and Dan Pride were not with us, but um, you know, with him, you're always, you know, look at there's. There's three and a half furlongs to go, and you're in second to last. I, I think you got to be concerned, don't you? Um, but well, I, it helps that he's a. It helps that it's his style too. So it wasn't like right. he's a horse who's usually close, and then he got shuffled back. Yeah. So at least it helps that you're like, well, right. his he, kick is what his. That's his bread and butter. So at least there, you feel a little bit more comfortable. I mean, I was with you, Howard. I was like, enough. it's over. I, I said, yeah. my wife who doesn't listen when I care when i'm watching the races i was like oh this is over and she ignores me but you know i was like yeah same with you and Pete, you yeah no it's it, 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 the fractions are honest enough what's that pat what's that howard I'm sorry. oh no I'm yeah sorry. yeah on our on our website so if you go to the articles section there's the article that paul wrote about Cody's wish specifically. And then there's the article from today, which was a little bit had uh, Jenny Antonucci, Cody's wish secretary, a little bit of everything from the weekend. So if you go to, they're all links to the, um, this is horse racing website, but if you could see them all in one place, you can link to them pretty easy. All great articles by Paul. Plus there's a nice picture of Paul with his uh, national TV appearance. It's a beautiful, <laughs> my, my, my three seconds of fame. Pete. Hey, I kept, I kept re- I honestly, Paul, I kept rewinding and, and fast forwarding and trying to pause so I could, so I can get a good picture. <laughs> yeah. Pete, yeah I, was, uh, wife should hang my, with my, I don't know what right, that means. Yeah, exactly. right. I'm going to stay away from that, but no, I think it means no, that they don't you know, care about our horse it, racing. Yeah. No, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Kelly was obviously emotional after the race. You know, I mean, it's an emotional thing. You know, he, he shows up at Belmont with Cody's lucky bow tie that a a, a, a person in England made for him. And, uh, Leslie saw it online and asked, uh, inquired, and it was the, the person makes them in green. And she emailed and told the story. You know, Can I get it in blue? And the guy said, well, I don't make them in blue, but I'm going to make one for Cody. So he had the lucky bow tie, and he, there's a, a sign that he brought with him that was – Next to the stall, win for me. I love you from Cody Dorm. You know, so I mean, it's it's hard not to get emotional. You know, the thing that impressed me, Howard, and I kept saying to Kelly, the mo and you, you know, you guys are horse racing guys, so you can appreciate it. The majority of people watching that race don't know what it means to win the Met Mile that easily from that far back. The Met Mile, and you'll read it if you read in my story. Michael Banahan, who runs Godolphin in the USA, said. He said, I'd rather win it than the Derby. And if, even if you take that as a little po- poetic license, they want to win it at least as much as the Derby. It is an iconic American race. And to win it that easily from that far back, that's the thing that got me. Is not that he won, because I think we all thought he was going to win. But to, to win by almost four lengths in that fashion was off the charts. I can yeah. think of another horse that did that, uh, that Godolphin owned. How about Frosted? Frosted, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Frosted was hey, off hey, the screen. Hey, Howard, three, <laughs> three, three comments up. You want to oh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll bring it up, Pete. Put that I, one I, up. Pete, yeah, Pete, put that of one all up. the comments tonight that are there, Pete for sure wants me to show that, that one, one. That one made me Pete, laugh. I'll take care of you. Don't worry, buddy. That I one, got that, you. That um, one made me laugh. We're going to be in Saratoga Whitney week, everyone. And Paul, we ta- or, uh, yeah, Paul, we talked about this. We're going to try to do some kind of meet and greet, Pete, like we're going to announce yeah. out 
and maybe like for an Absolutely. hour in the backyard, all of us will be out there. So pick five, Brian, if you're going to be at Saratoga Whitney week, uh, Whitney weekend, uh, that's when we're going to be there. Uh, Ralph Conte uh, correctly states that Paul, you were on national TV. Howard was only on TVG, which I, by the way, is national TV. It's just cable as opposed to whatever. Anyway. Okay. We, we get the point, Ralph. Fair if you, if you don't have Fair cable, enough. if you don't have cable, you could still see Paul. So, you know, if you, if old school, if you still had a for, dial for the, TV, the point like all, all three know. people that don't own cable boxes. That's like, yeah. if you don't have a cell phone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, thanks Ralph. No, you're exactly right, Ralph. Let's props to Paul. It was awesome to see. All right, guys, the Belmont for about 10 minutes here and then we'll, we'll uh, get going here for the night. Um, Paul predicted Archangelo. Archangelo wins. What a great story. I mean, um, wasn't my top choice. Wasn't Pete's top choice. We thought he was interesting. Um, we'll show this stretch run. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know who to give more kudos to. I guess Jenna Antonucci, number one, or the horse, number one, Jenna, two. But the ride heavier, Castellano gave. Tremendous. What a year this guy's having, Pete. I mean, it's so cool. I love seeing these veteran guys, like, stick it to all the young guys or the media and say, look, I'm not done yet. Because after his injury last year, people are like, oh, he's old. I had a, a guy that uh, sent me DM after DM, like, a year ago saying, Javier's the worst rider. Like, right now, he's awful. He can never win, blah, blah, blah. This guy is the Eclipse champion right now, like, by far. I don't even think it's even close based on these two wins. And we're going to watch the replay. I mean, he never looked like a loser, really. He got a perfect inside stalking trip. Um, he was a little bit in between horses on the backstretch and wanted to go, but Javier was able to keep him intact. And here's the key right here, Pete and Paul. Yep. Yeah, well, I think Johnny was thinking about the closes coming on his outside and made a conscious decision to stay in the middle, maybe with the idea of floating them out. But now all of a sudden he looks to his left and Javier is by him. So no fault of Johnny. You know, he won the, the Preakness uh, by being in the middle. But Javier, saving that ground makes a difference when you got to go 12 uh, furlongs. And, uh, you know, right here he's he's pulling away. You know, no one, you know there's a lot of closes. Oh, this is going to get painful, Howard. Very quickly it's going to get painful right yeah. about there. How many ways can that horse screw me? Uh, well, we're, I have a big announcement to make, by the way, but I'll, I'll make it a little bit. Um, here's my question, Pete. I know you had um, you had Angel Empire, right, Pete? I want to make sure I'm correct. I mean, that. at this point, I actually didn't. I wound up not even betting the race itself because I, I was okay. just live in a pick five, but I had a, I actually had a bunch of horses, so I, I, so I, was, I was happy either way. Here's my question for you, Pete, or for anyone out there. If you're fans of, of Tapa Trice, like Paul and I were, I, I you can always second guess. It's not easy. Watching it live, I actually liked that Saez made an early move and like just tried to sweep by the field because he was in the clear. Looking at it now again, the fact that he lost by second by an inch um, and, and came in third by only about two lengths, do you think it would have been better for Saez to wait a little bit let Angel Vampire go, save a little more ground, and then tip out sort of on the turn the way that – late on the turn the way that Forte did in the Florida Derby? Or if you're a Tappet Trice fan, are you okay with this sort of early sweeping move? I, I thought it was in, – in the moment, I thought it was the right move. And I don't like Tappet Trice at all, really. Right, But right. I, I, I thought that was the that was the shot. Just get out there and, and run okay. and see what you can do. I, I don't think he's – I don't know if he's makes the move that Forte did where Forte 
was where Irav was a little indecisive, sort of was inside, then decided yeah. to swing and then kick into gear. I think Forte is better than that. And I think Tappet Trice did what he had to do to win. I just, I don't think he's as good as them in, in, in the end. Yeah. And for me, Paul, watching it live, when I saw Tappet Trice was not able to clear these horses and like get to here, I knew I was in trouble because I know he's got a long winded run, but when you make that aggressive a run with so long into the race, the way he was going to win Paul was like, you know, sweep by them. Right. And just hold off whoever else when he couldn't sweep by, I knew we were in trouble and Forte just couldn't Forte did not have trouble. Stop saying he had trouble. Some people on Twitter, he, he didn't have trouble, trouble, but he didn't know, but he didn't have an easy race in terms of trying to run down a horse who hugged the rail and had a perfect okay. trip the whole way. That's it. Yeah. I think people got carried away with trouble, but he was a little indecisive. He was in between. He was stuck behind for a second. He never got his clear run. And you could tell maybe a little bit well, of his starch wasn't there either, but I thought you're not beating a horse who gets a perfect trip, who's a really good horse with the ride, with the trip that Forte got. That was the way Forte I look at it. Forte never steadied at any point. I'm he not just, saying steady. I'm just saying. He, he just couldn't quicken with them. He, I love the horse speed. He ran a huge race. He's not phenomenal. He's not a, I don't think of him as a turn horse either. Yeah, he's clearly a, he, not. He's not a turn horse, and he—that's what got to him a little bit in the Florida Derby. That's when Mage got away from him a little bit. But yeah, once he gets going, I mean, he kicked in, man, and he had to swing way yeah. wide and lose a lot of momentum. Um, I thought he ran a, I thought he ran a bang up race. So the people who are talking about his trip too much are out of hand. The people who say he sucks still are out of hand. So I think he's really good, and I think he's going to be pretty tough when he we get to Saratoga. And in between, Paul, here's my. I agree. I, I thought Pete. I thought he ran huge, a little too huge for those of us who had for the three-two <laughs> exacta. Paul, and I, know I had plenty I, of people who had that. Paul, plenty. I had my top three: Rangel of Empire, Forte, and Archangelo. And I don't hit the exacta because I I was actually broke by the time I got to this. Luckily, I had to pick five going, but I was so pissed because that what thirty-four for a dollar. That's beautiful for those two. I mean, for those two horses, oh, you should have had, had it. Ball. You should have had forty-five. That forty-five for a dollar with Tappet Trice, Pete. I oh, had the. I would have had nice. it. Patrick had it several times. He boxed um, two, three, eight. I thought that was a good pick for him. Um, yeah. So that was just Angel of Empire. Just I think there's he he didn't have. He, he ran fine and he just didn't have the, he didn't have the same kick. He's probably, he might be a little notch below as well. He might be sort of in the tap at trice with me where he's sort of a notch below the top. Team Bitcoin. Great job, man. Nice. 14 Very nice. Guys, here's my big announcement. It'll be scrolling across Fox news and CNN and CNBC, MSNBC in a, in a few, in a few minutes here. I am not divorcing. Tappet Trice, but we are presently separated. <laughs> um, look, guys, I'm not an idiot. Um, he's just goofy. He, he he expends so much energy in the first quarter, Pete, uh, that that really hurts him. And he's just not he he's just he's just not good enough right now for the best of the best. Um, and I will be off him in any big races until he changes. Otherwise, I think there's a lot of talent there. He's just a big goofy knucklehead who just hasn't put it together. You just cannot continue, Pete, to lose lengths after lengths in the first quarter mile 
um, and have the need to get to the outside. He's just not professional. Just for, that's really that. No, no. I mean, he's one of those where maybe, you, you know, you hope they bring him back because if he matures next year, maybe he could be something where you, you do it that way. If you look at his PPs too, he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't finished ahead. Thomas many- Benosa, Thomas Benosa. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't finished ahead of many good horses that in, uh, in the end. So he, he's not, I mean, you saw verifying got run down by disarm. I know you like disarm Howard, but disarm, disarm, forward, do, he's yeah. fine. He's fine. But verifying is just okay. And I think that's what Tappet Trice. Maybe he got a little inflated by running down horses that are just aren't on the level of some of these other ones. Well, I think, I think I first got, I'm not going to speak for Paul, but the first thing I got enamored with him is his stride. I mean, oh well, I'm not. Saying, yeah, early he looked fantastic. I mean, right. in those yeah. early yeah. races, yeah. yeah. Now, Pete, yeah. you you you've not been a huge fan of his like all along. Not and and you, I don't know who's right or wrong. I guess you could say you're right if you want to base it off a of win. No. You are correct, but yeah. he's talented. He's just goofy. You just can't trust him. And I I'm, I I'm off him for a while. I do think he will be in the Jim Danny and the Travers. And I, you know, depending if he gets more professional, he's there's. It's not like anyone this three old crop. Paul is world beaters i mean if he puts it together there's no saying he, he can't be a factor you know in the travers penn derby maybe in a Breeders cup classic if he really puts it together but uh it's hard to bet this horse to win anymore paul. underneath I'll though if you get double figures if you get right paul if you get double figures yeah he, he, he won't double figures. He won't be, no. well and you by might, the way uh, uh, there's a bet coming you guys owe uh you guys owe uh mr jim miller some money and it's for a good reason yeah, you want to absolutely. People that don't know what we're talking about, real quick, and then we'll end the show here. Yeah, you got to show us the chat, Howard. Show the chat. Show the chart. Oh, okay. yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I just want to see how wrong I was. Tried ride, tap a tray should not try turf, and he's not going to be turf. Don't we? We were never close, Paul. It was never. It was never. Close. Howard, I I would like to say, Howard, I already have a future bet on tap a trice in the twenty twenty four Brooklyn. <laughs> two miles. <laughs> That's actually a good bet. Uh, go ahead there, Paul. Why we're showing this. All right, so Tampa Trice was five thirty to one, and Angel of Empire is three forty-five to one. So I think Jim Miller won that bet. Which is? Oh, I didn't even know there was a dead heat in that race. Yeah, that's the first. Wow, you didn't even know until now. <laughs> National, National, Tre- National Treasure ran a not a bad sixth. Then I mean, led for about I don't know what a mile and an eighth, maybe. I thought National Trevor Treasure at five point seven one was also hugely overbet. I mean, oh I, no doubt. Oh, he couldn't win the race in a mile. Five days before, it's not like we were just saying that after the fact. I mean, I would have been about as surprised as anyone if he'd won that race. Of any, no, race he, he couldn't win. I agree. But yes, uh, Jim Miller will exactly. have to give us the details Thursday. I will happily make a donation to his charity in the name of uh, Howard's uh, separated. Uh, Equine. Hey, but, but Rock Emperor ran like crap, so at least we have that on him. Uh, we, we can we can yeah, well, give him we, we can, was also predictable. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he came on guns a blazing for Rock Emperor. So we we can at least stick that in his face if we need to. Uh quick whip around, Pete. We'll start with you first. Final thoughts on the uh week either weekend, either just from a betting standpoint, pure racing standpoint, whatever. Yeah, I'll just go real quick betting and racing combination where it's 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 a weird dynamic because the races were great that we got to see the stars run great 
but from a betting standpoint, it was super chalky. So do you want to like, if you're, if you're looking at a weekend like that, are you more excited just to see great horses run great races? Or are you looking more from a betting standpoint, looking for a couple of upsets? It's hard. Cause I know you said, Hey, if it's a, it's a chalky weekend, I might not do as well, but you get to see elite power, Clary air, Cody's wish, you know, a horse like Archangelo, he was a nice price. So you don't really count that one, but up to the mark, there were so many Caravel, so many chalks that wound up winning in Italian that and pretty mischievous that keeps goes on and on, but they were, you got to see the best horses in their divisions run great races. So from a fan standpoint, that's awesome. Maybe from a betting standpoint, you have to figure out on some of these days, you can make money, just tighten up, tighten your picks. And if you bang a, I mean, I hit that the next into Clary air next didn't get bet too far down, but that was a very nice double. You look at that and say, screw all the other horses. I'm just going to bang this double or bang this cold exact or something like that. And you could still, you could have a good betting weekend and enjoy the racing all in one. Yeah. It's, uh, you can win when favorites win, but it just, it's a little harder. You have to be a little bit uh, more creative for sure. Uh, Paul. Uh, <laughs> well, I, mean, I just another think, incredible you know, weekend for personal reasons, for a lot of reasons, just amazing. Yeah. But, and for everyone though, I think, you know, we, as we, we all spent the, the whole week looking at the AQI and, you know, the doom and gloom is saying they should cancel for the next three weeks. And I was going back and forth on Twitter with one guy, which is a mistake, but you know, well, if anything happens, the Peter people are going to make a big deal out of it. No shit. They want to shut us down. Okay, so this is what we care what the PETA people think. Zero, less than zero, less than zero. Screw them. They're all idiots. Okay, Uh, it was a good decision to cancel Thursday. It was the politically the right thing to do. I can tell you weather wise, having gotten in the area late afternoon Thursday, Howard, and I think you did as well. They certainly could have run Thursday, but it was a good decision. But didn't we get lucky with the weather on Friday and Saturday, everything cleared up. And Saturday, I've been to many, many Belmonts. Saturday was the best weather Belmont you will ever, ever get. It, it was just a terrific day. So, you know, it's the ups and downs of horse racing, right? You know, you, you have the, the lows early in the week, a beautiful day. And, you know, we have to say it sadly, a Mark Henning horse broke down in the last race on Saturday and then first race on Sunday. So, you know, in horse racing, we can never enjoy ourselves for, for too long. But but the day itself, and and for me, you know, the, the Cody's Wish stuff is well documented. But And you were there, Howard, having this chance to spend some time with Kate Tweedy, Penny Shannery's daughter, and, and listening to our friend Dr. Mora passionately talk to her about the letter he wrote her mother and received that. It, it was, that was really emotional to me. It really was. That, that was a, a real highlight. So great weekend all around, you know, minus the, 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 the two equine tragedies at the end. Yeah, it was it was an incredible weekend. Real quick, uh, Heinz Buck Sandcastle. Love the name. Welcome to the show. I don't think we've seen you eight chalk all weekend for sure. Um, very briefly, guys, I'll talk about the, the, the horse racing and the personal, and then we'll wrap it up here. Um, horse race Friday was not a good betting day for me. Uh, just my uh, – a lot of chalk, and I was – uh, it just didn't work out well for me. Saturday was a better day. Hit some good tries. A lot of the uh, my the horse I tipped out on the power picks tip sheet ran very well. Just ran second. I had a lot of seconds, but that allowed me to hit some exactions and tries. 
uh, did hit a pick five. Uh, so I lost overall in the weekend, but the experience was, was, was incredible. Didn't lose too much uh, because of my Saturday. Uh, Paul, I want to say publicly how much a pleasure it was uh, to meet some friends of yours that I had not met before. Um, especially, uh, well, not especially really anyone, but um, Jamie and, of course, Jeff Moore, who really is the person responsible for bringing you and I together yeah. and you being on the show. So shout out to Jamie and Jeff. Of course, Bob Mullen's a great guy as well. Your crew was fantastic. We had a very interesting dinner, a great dinner, but a bit of an interesting one, as we could talk about later. A late, a late dinner, a very late dinner. <laughs> yeah, Don Peps was great, and then I hit King Umberto's on Saturday. I mean, what a... Big time for those of you for you two thinking I don't like Italian. I had Italian uh, uh, meals all weekend. It was awesome. So anyway, it was just a great weekend overall, Pete. I can't wait to meet you in person. People, uh, you know, people find it surprising. You know, how many, you know, what, how many times you met Pete in person? Zero. Oh, we have not met in person, uh, and neither is Paul. So we are going to be uh, meeting Pete in person at Saratoga during Whitney Week. I can't wait for that. Pete. Yep. It's going to be going to be. Great. Awesome. We'll, we'll, we'll have a meet and greet. Uh, we got a big barbecue waiting for us, and some great times in a month and a half. So that can't come any sooner enough. And uh, Paul, anyone who saw us out there, thanks for uh, saying hi to us. I know there. Yeah, fans Jeff Amster, I met there. outside. Jeff Jeff Amster yeah. starting the outside uh, in the parking lot, and a very good, yeah. great guy. And talked about the Keeneland contest and talked about the weekend and uh, terrific. And it was great. Again, final shout out to Matt Cutera of Adelphi Racing, who took care of Patrick and myself, and also Donnie Nelson of Never Donnie Met, Nelson, who also uh, took care of us as well. We're going to get Donnie on the show, by the way, Paul, before Sarah. Good. Pete, final thought. Just on air, happy fifth grade graduation to my son, Jackson. That's why I didn't bet, hey! I didn't, I didn't bet on Friday. I unfortunately didn't bet on Friday when I actually had a couple of nice picks, but I wound up putting nothing in because we were at graduation and a little you know, pool gathering and some lunch and stuff like that with his friends. So if he's, if he's watching, happy graduation, buddy. Uh, well, we love you, Jackson. Jackson Visco officially in middle school. Middle Look, school. Out world. Look out, world. Here comes Jackson Visco. <laughs> awesome. Pete. congratulations to you and your wife Thank and the you. family. That, that's, a, that's a big accomplishment. All right. We're going to wrap it up. Thanks for watching, everyone. We got a show tomorrow night. Uh, uh, sorry, Wednesday night, Ben and Boozin. Thursday night, our flagship show. Great Monmouth Stakes coming up. This weekend, uh, we'll, we'll tackle Monmouth as they prepare sort of their preview Haskell Day uh, coming up. For Pete Visco and Paul Halloran, happy birthday again. Paul has been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 266 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Hope you had a great Belmont Festival Stakes weekend. We'll see you Thursday night on our flagship show, Wednesday night, Bed and Boozin. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Racing podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country.